Welcome to the My Intimacy Therapist podcast. I'm therapist and coach, Shade Giovanni. If you want to feel less anxiety in your relationships and enjoy a confident and spiritual intimate life, you're in the right place. So grab a cup of tea and a warm blanket and let's talk intimacy. It's not a bad thing for your partner to want to have sex with you. There's this thing that happens in, in my sex therapy work where the lower drive partner, and this is over years. This isn't, you know, right after the wedding day. But the lower drive partner has reached a point of being fed up with the partner with higher drive for a lot of reasons. Sometimes it's, you know, I just had a baby and my touch needs have changed. And so now what I used to enjoy and get involved in and have fun with is no longer fun for me. It's just different. And I need you to understand and respect that. Another reason may be just the general course change of relationships. So when we start out, our drive tends to increase a little bit at the formation of a new relationship. We tend to be a little more enthusiastic. But then as we grow in stability and maturity and security, our drive returns to its baseline. Whatever that may be. But one of the reasons I think most leads to this specific dynamic I'm talking about, where the lower drive partner is very irritated with the higher drive partner, is the way, the how of intimacy being initiated or engaged with over the years. And that one's hard because now switching to the higher drive partner's side, um, there is a lot of reasons why we as people engage in sex the way that we do. This person could have never really been modeled for intimacy and integrating emotions with physical desire. And so as much as they love their partner and will do anything for them and cherish them, they just don't know how to translate that into sexual expression and so their way of initiating or enjoying sex feels very transactional or even objectifying for their partner. There could be an instance to where um, a lack of discipline or porn use can have it where the partner feels like, are you just like replicating porn with me? Why are you treating me like this? Why are you not listening to the fact that I don't like this? You're just doing it because you like it? And I would even say that lends a bit to some immaturity in some ways. If you're not able to hear your person, the person you are in relationship with, when they're saying, I don't like this, and you're just pushing your agenda onto them, mm, that's different than inviting someone into a shared experience. That's just you trying to accomplish your agenda. 
But again, we don't have classes around sexual intimacy. And so you might not realize that's what's going on. You might think, no, this is great. Why don't you want this? You should want this. It could be that there is some abuse or trauma either um, for either partner or within the context of, of that relationship. And so the way that sex is engaged with is um, awkward or hurtful still repeatedly over and over again. And so at some point, the other person with the lower drives, I, I just don't even want it back up. It also could be that the higher drive partner also is um, neurodiverse in some way. And so maybe they have, oh, sorry, neurodiversity refers to, well, in my way of phrasing it, brains that just are wired a little bit differently and so need different things um, differently compared to the quote-unquote neurotypical brain. And so um, if someone experiences um, ADHD or sensory processing disorder or depression um, or uh, clinical levels of anxiety or is on the autism spectrum, this person may not have the same language or understanding of sex as a partner who's neurotypical, or even a partner who has a different combination of neurodiversity. And so it's not just a matter of intuitiveness or what I hear people say a lot is, so we just want it to be organic. Like it might not be able to just flow as it did when you were dating and running off of hormones, there might need to be more communication. But because there isn't that communication, there's a wider gap and both partners are either misunderstanding each other or... Um, overthinking in the process or not knowing what they need and so there's this gap in, in one partner's like I need it I need it and the other person's like I don't want it ever again another reason might be just the context of life you've got stuff happen you've had uh, close relatives pass you've had stress at work you've not been sleeping well sleep has so much to do with sex maybe just contextual things that had nothing to do with the relationship that over time, because they weren't addressed or adapted to, has now created a gap. And so the way that we don't communicate around sex in that regard is what's creating the gap. And actually that one, maybe that needs to be its own episode, but I, I will say in the context of us talking about the how and the way of sex and how that creates the problem. What we do is just as important as acknowledging what we don't do. So the hurt may exist in something that we're doing, like, hey, I asked you not to, you know, tickle my nipples and you just came up and you did that. Like, why? But that's just as important as acknowledging we don't ever talk about sex. It just kind of happens and I, I feel awkward or uncomfortable if you bring it up and please don't talk about it. And so I shut it down every time and, and that can be why we are where we are is the nothingness of how we engage around it. But all of that brings me back to the original point. 
it's not bad for your partner to desire you sexually. You know, the the way that it has unfolded for you may need to be addressed so that you also have your own understanding of your why in sex. And, and when I say your understanding, I mean it doesn't have to be the same motivator for you as it is for them. It may not be that you just spontaneously experience your desire and you just get horny in the morning and want to jump their bones. That may not be your story, but with a therapist, you can learn to access and understand your own story of sexuality. But there's a problem when we label the person who desires sex as being unhealthy or bad or obsessed simply because they desire it. You may be deeply annoyed with how they approach it, but the desire itself, we want to learn to understand, you know, just as you may desire conversations on the porch, undivided attention, um, prioritizing you for date nights, you may desire those things, Let's not demonize if your partner desires you to touch them, to hug them, to kiss them back, to to rub their back as you pass by them in the hallway, or even to have sex with them, to want to be there for the sex with them versus just allowing it, tolerating it. So... The exploration of sexual attitudes is so important, so important for helping you both to meet in the middle. And with my premarital couples, I do this a lot because a lot of people say that they didn't dive in to sex enough in premarital counseling. But also, well, the nature of what I do with sex therapy, I bring it up with all of the couples. How does intimacy play out? How do we initiate? How do you guys, um, how are you in the moment? How much, how are you in the time between sexual experiences? What do you consider to be a sexual experience? All of that. You know, what's your history with it and what beliefs do you have about what it means for someone to want sex, to not want sex? All of that is so, so relevant. And so I am encouraging you to have this type of conversation. And I believe a couple episodes ago, um, I may link it in the show notes. I believe I, I had something with some questions in it for you. Definitely on my website, myintimacytherapist.com. But have an open, non-judgmental, just a curious conversation with your boo about how they think and feel about what sex is. There may be some Um, I was going to use the word unhealthy, but I think what I'm more trying to describe is just something that undermines your intimacy. So there may be some stuff in there that undermines your intimacy. There may be a little bit of sexual immaturity on the behalf of one of your partners where they, they don't know how to connect emotions and sexuality. And so, yes, your experience of feeling objectified is what's happening. That might be true. Or... Is it simply just your partner does not know how to bridge the gap between the way they love you in your everyday life and the way they love you in your intimate sexual um, realm? 
my biggest thing with my couples is to let them know what you desire for the way sexuality looks for you is based on you, you two, you guys who are engaged in that moment together or um, sexually monogamous and bonded together for life as partners to explore and enjoy as you so desire. It is between you. And so we are being flooded every second of every day with everyone else's sexual scripts. You are flooded with it when you're watching some random Netflix show and they flash to a sex scene, um, which also, side note, soapbox, flashing to sex scenes A, I actually hate because um, why? <laughs> I, I do believe that there needs to be some level of sacredness around how people engage with that and, and not exposing everyone to everyone else's sexual preferences or desires of way of having sex. But also, sex is rarely just flashed to in everyday life. In a long-term committed monogamous relationship, you don't just go from uh, whatever scene happens before in the movie, you meet someone in the flower shop and you make eye contact and like the next scene is your mid-coitus. <laughs> That's not life. Life involves planning sometimes. Life involves, are you free at seven after we put the kids to bed and are you open to that? Yeah, but you know, first I want to take a shower and we can you clean the dishes while I, you know, and there's this collaboration of what it takes to be ready and open to the moment. It's before we even get there, can we talk about work a little bit because we haven't had time to connect in a week can we just first connect on that level and then and then maybe let's dive into a little back massage and um, you know I'm actually not in the mood for that tonight but would you like to do that like sex is has a lot more involved than those flashes that you see in your favorite TV show or movie and soapbox Anyway, so yes, you are being subtly and subconsciously fed messages about sex all the time. TV shows, movies, songs, hearing your friends, um, reading other online internet strangers stuff that they say, magazines, um, things that people say on social media and hold as fact. Like, if your partner does this and that means that, or you should never, or you should always, all of that stuff. I was listening to another podcast by someone else who exists in the intimacy space. I don't remember if they were licensed or not, just that their podcast was kind of branded around that. She was saying that, you know, all women should know that all men want blowjobs and they all want blowjobs to completion and that there's a myth that you can only do partial blowjob and that they'll be fine with it, that all men want this and the correct way to do it is, and she went into techniques and stuff like that. No, no, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a minute, you know, I have a thing with nuance and allowing for everyone to, you know, bring their own context into something in order to understand how it shapes their experience 
And that's just not the truth for everyone. There is so much, there is so much variety to who people are and what they desire. So black and white statements don't quite work, which is why going back to sexual attitudes and conversations, you two need to be very aware of the messages that you've subconsciously brought into the bedroom with you about what sex is and why it should be that way, for better or for worse. You might have some sexual sexual attitudes on the negative end that says, if a man asks for something like oral sex, then he's not really thinking of you. It's demeaning, right? Um, And so anytime your husband asks for that, you are disgusted. Or you might have some biases on the positive side that say, well, everyone should want sex. It's kind of the pinnacle of connection. And so if your partner doesn't want sex with you, they're rejecting you or there might be something wrong with you or you need to work on your technique um, in order to please them. And here are 10 techniques that you should be trying. If that's true for you, that's true for you. But it just is important to make these things conscious, bring them to the forefront, put them on the table and talk about them. So you can learn what is true for your relationship versus just bringing in stuff from other folks and assuming that it is truth because they believe it or a past partner that you had believed it. So to kind of summarize, if you feel that in any way or shape, perform you feel annoyed with your partner wanting sex from you and saying things like you know this is this helps me feel loved or this helps me feel close to you if you feel annoyed by that or if you are that person and your partner feels annoyed by you <laughs> then a very helpful thing would be a upfront conversation Not necessarily even trying to solve your differences or come up with what you're going to do, but literally just talking about how did I come to the way I believe and think and feel about sex? Let's just, it's just our stories. You did versions of this when you were dating, I'm guessing. You talked about your families. You talked about um, your career, what you wanted in the future, but maybe you didn't talk as openly about Here's how I feel about sex. Here's what I believe about it. Here's what I interpret these types of things to mean. Hmm. You know, if you ask your partner, do you like kissing? Yeah, I like kissing. Why? What do you mean, why? Why do you like kissing? Do you like it because I'm close to your face and in your space and you like that warmth? Do you like it because of the sensation of our lips touching? Do you like it because when we're kissing, it means that you have my undivided attention? Do you like it because it it warms you up and turns you on? Do you like it because it feels safe and comforting? Those are all different reasons to like the same thing. So it it isn't, um, you don't learn as much just by saying, oh, I like X, Y, Z. There's also a Y. And you may respond, well, you know, kissing's not super my vibe. But since you said you like that it 
you have my undivided attention. Here's something that I like for that reason. You know, cuddling. We're taking a bath together. I like those because of undivided attention and these other reasons. Yeah, just a conversation. And if for you, in your relationship, there are some attitudes that your partner has that undermine intimacy, and of course you know my definition of intimacy is being fully seen, fully known, fully loved. If there are some things that undermine intimacy, then we head on over to your local sex therapist. And if you're in Georgia, you know I got you. And we talk about it in that room with a professional that can help you navigate those conversations. I would even say, um, as your filtering therapist, choose a professional who shares um, some of the specializations that might be helpful for the conversations you want to have. So if you are someone who wants consensual non-monogamy, your partner doesn't, and that's the crux of the conversation you're trying to have, then who you choose as a therapist, like they would need to have some understanding of consensual non-monogamy in order to even help facilitate that conversation for you. Um, Sex therapy is its own specialization with its own subcategories. If your partner has pain during sex, then you probably want someone who has some knowledge of working with sexual pain. Um, If there's trauma, you know, and so on and so forth. And that's not to say that you want a therapist who agrees with you or your perspective and you're going to ask them, hey, what do you think about this? And if they don't say the same thing as you do, then you don't work with them. No, 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 no. I'm literally just saying someone who at least has a a view of the arena you're working with so that they can help facilitate the conversation, right? Because like I said, it's not up to your therapist or your neighbor or the latest magazine to decide it's up to you two but you can't do that with each other you can't construct a collaborative sexual experience without conversation so wonderful i hope that something in there helped you feel seen um, and understood or heard if you notice that there are negative sexual attitudes in your relationship that's super normal If you notice irritation with a higher drive person, that's also pretty normal. Um, It's just a matter of getting to the why it's happening and starting to unpack that. So definitely connect with a therapist or at least start that open and honest conversation. No judgment, just curiosity. Okay. So if you're enjoying the episode, if it has been helpful, I would just love if you could leave a rating on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, whatever app you're using. But um, if you'd like to work with me, myintimacytherapist.com is my site, as well as you can find that link in the show notes. So I hope after these conversations, you and your partner feel more and more fully seen, fully known, and fully loved. We'll talk soon.